Good morning, church. God is good. How are you guys doing this morning? All right, awesome. So good to be here this morning. You know, I just, uh, you know, it's just awesome to be surrounded by God's people, you know. Also, I work from home, so I don't see anybody all week long. So it's the first time I see people. So it's awesome to be with somebody. <laughs> anyway. like a stay-at-home mom. I am, you know. Anyways, that's my life. <laughs> Let's stand up this morning and sing, sing God's praises together.
darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I feel, when brokenness and pain is all I know, and I won't be shaken, and I won't be shaken, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, and she no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captive to the lies And I am not afraid to leave my past behind Oh, I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken Come on My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love 
power, no power that can break up every chain, no power that can empty out a grave. There's a resurrection power that can save this power.
You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone and I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God from my mother's womb you have chosen me Love has called my name And I've been born again Into your family Your blood flows through my veins And I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God
that we just remain standing in worship of the Lord. Lord, as we continue to worship, we come to this time where we give back to you through your tithe and our offerings. And God, um, we just uh, thank you for your presence here already. And let's just uh, mat, uh, bask in that presence all the more. We just give you praise and honor. As Lord, we, we give back to you. May you go ahead and touch the many people and the many needs that are around the world that you've called your church to. And this we give you praise and honor. In Christ's name.
just for your majesty and for your presence right here. God, we need you in our lives, not just now on Sunday, not just for this time together, but we need you each and every step of the way. Help us just to recognize who you are and who we are and how our, you, you, you inhabit our praise and your, you come, your majesty comes in that presence. God, teach us just to, to be more in all of you, to be more in fear of you so that we can just recognize, God, this is all about you. It has nothing to do with any one of us. It's all about your majesty. For that, we give you praise, glory, and honor in anything that our voices can give, anything that our hands can do. God, we give all honor and glory to yours. Because one knee, every, every knee will bow, and every tongue confess in that majesty that you are Lord. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, before we go... Um, send our kids to our Sunday school uh, ministry. I do want to let you know that we have our PG-13 series. We are doing a series on uh, Song of Solomon. So today we are going to talk about the honeymoon evening, okay? We're not going to get real specific, but we're going to be true to the text. I just want to tell you that we do have uh, Sunday school for 13 and under, but it's a parent choice. If they're 12 and you think they need to be here, awesome. We're good with that, all right? So now you can go ahead while the rest of you are taking them to Sunday school. Everybody else, greet one another. All right, everyone. Good morning. Let me try that again. Good morning. How y'all doing? All right. Okay. want to welcome anyone who's visiting with us today. As you can tell, I think I'm trying to get one of this like, like kind of throat things, but um, anyway, it's all good, right? Um, so if you're visiting with us, just welcome. We, we love you. We're glad that you're here. We want to welcome our church online, and we're just thankful that they are present with us. But ultimately, we are the body of Christ, and we believe that you are part of that body of Christ, and you are here for a reason, that Christ brought you here today. 
And so just number one, relax. Number two, just see where, what God's speaking to you. And uh, number three, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about what's going on in, in your life and what you think of the service. But also we want to have your connections and any prayer requests that we may um, have. A couple announcements that we want to go ahead and touch on here. Um, you can uh, take a look. Um, our youth sub sale, right? They sold 70 subs and received other donations of support. You can still support them. That's awesome. And they'll be available March 10th after church. Um, and you can see a day retreat will be June 1st. And that's not too early to talk about that, right? It's going to get warm eventually, okay? So we're excited about those things. But um, Some of the con uh, continuing uh, announcements that I want to touch on, the women's group that is a meeting Tuesday evenings, um, doing all things new at Dana Webb's house. If you need more information, go ahead and contact us at info at havencc.org. Grief share continues to meet, and we all grieve. We all go through some uh, part of loss or, or grief in many different ways. We'd love for you to be part of that if you would like to on Wednesday evenings, 630 to 830. Uh, I, I also want to touch on right now media again, is that um, if you need some studies or some things to go along with you, that is available to you if you get your information to us. We make that available to anyone um, in our church that we have information for. And again, you can get more information about that uh, with the email there. Uh, our Wednesday evening small group fellowship. Um, you can see they're meeting at Parkland's Community Center, and they're doing a great study on Forgotten God by an incredible pastor, preacher named um, Francis Chan, all right? Um, now, today after church, I know, John, you're right there, right? I um, want to thank everybody, first of all, for coming in uh, to Bingo, either coming and attending or coming and setting up and helping there or doing all of it. Um, there, there's some great funds that were raised that'll help the uh, Haiti mission, and today, if you're interested in that, the dates are, are planned to be August 3rd through 9th. We recognize there's some things going on over there. Um, however, uh, we are keeping in contact, and, um, and we're going ahead and uh, going to schedule that in advance and pray that God will make a way for that. If you're interested in information about that Haiti trip, just stay right here after church. Is that right, John? Up front over here at, um, in the church, and um, he, John and uh, Laura will go ahead and talk to you about those kind of things, all right? Um, and uh, there is a Paris Foundation fundraiser that you can see for March 23rd, um, and you can see Mike Berdinka for tickets, and it'll be uh, at the Elkton Moose Lodge on the 23rd from 7 to 11. It is a fundraiser, $15 per person. I have some prayer requests here um, that we want to lift up from Mike and Rebecca Stecker for Billy Conrad, a friend who's in the final stage of the terminal cancer. So we want to pray for God's presence and healing and love that's there. Um, and a follow-up on Sarah, um, praise the Lord, the uh, scam was good last week, so we praise God for that, I know that very much so, all right? So um, I ask you to just be with everybody who is, um, who is just tr uh, doing a lot of traveling. We know that there were several accidents around us um, this last week with that crazy snowfall and disappearance uh, that it did the next day, but most of all, let's just keep um, everyone in uh, in, in Christendom, in, in your prayers, as this world just seems to get crazier and crazier, and we all need Jesus. Amen? So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, um, we come to you again, and we thank you for all things. And God, I thank you for the fact that in each of us, you are making all things new, and um, that uh, this is not the final story on who I am, that it's not what I've done or uh, where I am in the stage of life is who I belong to and whose I am, and I'm your child. And so, God, just uh, the rest of this time, we ask for a prayer request. We, we ask for the people who are in final stages of illness and cancer. We thank you for good news for people who've gone through tests, and it seems like things are going well. 
And Lord, then we also recognize that there's people who are struggling in many ways, that some which are unseen, some in loneliness, some in loss, some in pain, some in suffering. Uh, and God, we know that you know their needs, and I just pray right now that you'll just touch them and love them. And so Lord, this remainder of this time, we just pray for our Sunday school ministries. We pray for anybody else that's in the sound of my voice. God, you bring your word. Get me out of the way. And that all of us just get out of the way and let you do what you need to do. And that you can change this world once again. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Christ's name. Amen. This morning's reading comes from Song of Solomon's, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, the NIV version. He, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from the hills of Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn, coming up from the washing. Each has its twin, not one of them is alone. Your lips are like a scarlet ribbon, your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like halves of a pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built with courses of stone. On it hang a thousand shields, all of them shields of warriors. waiting for, correct? What is he going to talk about today? Um, uh, today, we have been, if you're visiting with us today, we've been doing a series, the first series I've ever, ever done on um, Song of Solomon. I look back one time, one, uh, one sermon years and years ago, and I just kind of focused on the attraction part, and I actually made, I couldn't find it because it was years ago, um, I made a Photoshop with all these things he says to her, what she would look like. Um, pretty scary. All right, so um, I couldn't find that, but we, um, there's uh, several things that I, we started this right around Valentine's Day, and mainly, uh, now some people may be here and say, well, I don't have a relationship. I'm not, I'm not in that point. It's, so, it's, it's okay. You have relationships. You may not have this love relationship, this intimate sexual relationship, but I, as you can see, what I put here um, in your bulletin is sex and intimacy because I believe some of these things that we can actually apply the nature of to our regular relationships, not all of them, okay, um, but some of these things so we can make our relationships better because if you're like me, you have relationships that need to be better. Am I right? Am I right? Okay. Okay. I don't know. You guys are perfect. I'll hang around with you for a while, and then your relationship with me won't be that way. Okay? So, but here we are. There's a couple things that we want to share. Number one, the, the three 
individuals or groups of people that are, being, that are talking in this whole thing. Remember, this is a song. You may have it in your Bible. It may say Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Uh, Solomon, much like his daddy David, wrote a lot of songs. He, he was a musician. And Solomon uh, wrote a thousand and five songs. And he said, this is the best one. This is the song of all songs. This is the one that we, we have. And in it, you have, in your Bible, you may have the lover or you may have he. Okay? That's how Melissa refers to me all the time. The lover. Okay? No. Um, if I got the look, that's done. Okay. <laughs> all right. So... He is Solomon. So you'll see that. I'm, again, in this, you can kind of get caught up. But um, when you see she, it is his wife now because we've gone back through several weeks. First week was the attraction thing, right? And she's looking good. He's looking good. All right? Um, then last week, we talked about how they're working out this dating relationship from an, a biblical perspective, which is... A lot like nothing now, okay, in many areas. And so chapter 3, if you want to read about it, is the wedding. It's, real, it's a real quick chapter in there. Solomon had 60 groomsmen, and they all had swords. Remember I was talking about they stood next to him to make sure you were going to get there and that you were going to be fine, and you kept all those other maidens and men away from you. They had swords with them, 60 of them. That's how good-looking Solomon was. He needed 60 people with swords to keep, people, uh, keep everybody away from But the love of his life is this Shulamite woman. Okay, So in your Bible, when you have she or beloved is referred to in this area. And beloved case, uh, uh, contains to it not only the physical, but it's like you're my best friend ever, okay? And then every once in a while, you'll have these daughters of Jerusalem, which are the friends. And often we've heard them in the last several weeks, and we've ended each uh, sermon with, hey, daughters of Jerusalem, you know, like they're getting close. Remember that one time they're in the makeout position, right? Remember that? And they say, whoa, daughters of Jerusalem, do not awaken love before it's time, right? Remember that? That's how we've ended the last two weeks of that. And so since Solomon and the Shulamite maiden had a wedding last week, I wanted to share with you, you know, have you, anybody preparing weddings or been in that wedding season in your life? Like weddings have a lot of stuff to them now, don't they? And a lot of things. And one of the interesting things I want to share with you, who I think one of the greatest minds of our time about things, uh, observing things. I want to show you this individual named John Chris talking about weddings. Can we all just agree to just be done with these ridiculous wedding hashtags? Thanks for coming, everybody. If you're going to take a photo, please use the hashtag Purdue Party of Two. Hey, first of all, we're all just lucky to be at your wedding, okay? Odds are against me posting an Instagram photo here, and I'm a full-grown adult male. I'm not using the hashtag happily ever Hampton. Hashtag soon to be Smith. Hashtag a drum come true. Honestly, the last thing we need is a searchable location for all these photos. It's like a bunch of your in-laws eating potato salad and some white people dancing to the cha-cha slide. I got a wedding invitation that had a hashtag on it. Like who's sitting there thinking, who's gonna be my plus one, chicken or fish? Also, what's the hashtag? To have and to hold in. Love it, first McKnight. If anyone objects to this wedding, please speak now or forever hold your peace. Oh uh, yeah, I got an objection. Who chose Beauty and the McNeese? Oh, that outdoor <laughs> venue was perfect. And those centerpieces, to die for. Also, a bream come true. Get it like a dream come true, but they switched it to bream, because that's gonna be their last name. 
genius. Always in for Reynolds? For sure, no. And honestly, who are y'all paying to write these hashtags? Like, Morgan, don't lie to us. I've been following you on Instagram for four years. You never had a clever Instagram caption once, and now all of a sudden you get engaged and you're coming out with Morgan he bargained for? <laughs> Not buying it. Use the hashtag, it must be love. <laughs> what girl's just like sitting back there like, we love each other, we're perfect for each other, but his last name is Horowitz? I don't even know if we can do it. There's no hashtag for that. Honestly, if Jesus was at this wedding reception, he'd be like, happily ever Harper? Who came up with this hat? You know what, turn the wine back into water. This party's over. <laughs> uh, all right, right, okay. So just a little humor as we're here uh, going at, John Crist is uh, one, of the, one of the funniest comedians in general, not just Christian comedians. He's also uh, going to be in the area, I think, in Baltimore here soon, if it's not already sold out. He's, a, he's a amazingly hilarious, and he will offend anybody in Christendom and do it with love. It's awesome. Uh, so um, I just wanted to bring a little light nature to this. And um, as we are in every week of this series, we're going to do a number of things. There, um, there are some several uh, ground rules that we have to. Number one is listen for who? Yourself. Listen for you. Don't be elbowing somebody next to you. Don't be saying, I'm going to hashtag that person's name in the sermon. Now, I'm going to go ahead and send this part of the sermon, film it, send it to somebody, and say, you better listen to this. Take note, okay? Don't do that. And the other thing that I think is the most important thing is don't look back, okay? We spend a lot of times in our life looking back on where we've been, what we've done, the experiences we've had. And if you look back all the time, you're never going to move forward to where God wants you to be. As I read the scripture, Jesus came to free us from the bondage of what we had in the past and to make all things new, right? Anybody excited about that? If you're not, pinch the person next to you today, at least yell and we think they're a little Pentecostal, all right? So go ahead. But what I'm saying is, don't get caught in that. The other thing is, I'm going to be as true to the text as I can be. And when we talk about this topic, um, it's, it's an important topic. So there's a couple other things I do want to share that are kind of rules and kind of things, observations that I want to share before we get further in this. Number one, I want to say this. Number one, the devil did not invent sex. God did. God did, right? But I will tell you that the devil and the world kind of is writing the script of how this thing goes right now in our world. And so even to the point that the church has been way too silent on this. We've been to a point where we just say, no, don't. And we try to suppress feelings that God gave us and nature that God has given us. If you want to read your Bible, it's full of sexuality. Read the Old Testament. Those people, man, God help us, right? So there's all kinds of stuff going on there. But we in our churchiness have kind of put that alongside where the world has said, oh, I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to spin it in a different direction of what God had intended for that. And so there are a lot of verses, and this devil does exactly what he does with everything else. He twists and distorts the word of God. And so God has, has a way and he wants you to have an incredible intimacy and love here. So that's one of the first things. Next thing I want to share with you, this is not something that's new. People are different, right? People are different in this world. So guess what that means? In all your relationships, they ain't going to be you. And in many cases, you better be glad because you would hate you if you were in a relationship with you. And guess what? In addition to that... Somebody wrote a book years ago called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. Men and women are different as well. Am I right? 
Yeah, there you go. Now I woke you up. All right. And that is by God's design. We need to recognize that is by God's design. And so men and women just naturally, by who you are and who you were created to be, are not going to see eye to eye on everything. Okay? For instance, has anybody set the temperature in your house? Am I right? It's either cold, it's hot, and we never, no, nobody ever agrees, right? Nobody ever agrees on that. So we are different. Men are usually motivated by what they see. Okay? Women often by what they hear. And so that is completely different things. That is a motivator for us. And we can have these valuable relationships and not despise that we are different. If you despise or detest the difference, you lose the appreciation that God has intended. Because God, why did God intentionally make us different? Is he like just sitting on a cloud, listening to John Chris jokes all the time and saying, watch this one, John? No, what he, I think he did that because he wanted us to have a deeper appreciation for the difference. But also when somebody's different, it allows you to be more of a servant. And I think some of the strongest relationships and what God intended is for us to both be appreciating the differences that we have, even though they may be aggravating at times, but also to be servants to those he has placed in our lives. So, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble, okay? Here we go. So, uh, put your seatbelts on. Here we go. All right, so we're going to start again with this. Here we are in chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, which were read awesomely for you. So, I want to tell you something at this point. Ready? Up to this point in Song of Solomon, she has spoken for 75% of the time. Not saying anything else. She has spoken 75% of the time, except for the honeymoon night. He is going to speak for 11 verses before he even touches. Write that down, men. That'll help you, okay? So he is speaking for 11 verses before he even touches her. So here's what he says. He says this. How beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful you are. Your eyes behind your veil are are doves. You're, so he's, he's kind of working his way down here, all right? He hasn't seen her eyes because they were veiled and you couldn't see them. That's also some of the tradition with wearing a veil um, if you guys got married a long time ago, okay? It's, not, it's like somewhere up here now, right? And put into the whole bouffant, right? Um, so literally, I had a wedding one time. A, a girl was late she got there, she said, I hate my hair, and we didn't get started for 45 more minutes, because you are, just to let you know, your bride doesn't end happy on a wedding day, ain't nobody happy. I said, you do what you need to do. So, um, but, so here he is. So for the first time, he's seeing her eyes, okay? So, and here's what else he says. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from the hills of Gilead. Stop, I'm going to explain this one. Do not use that verse, okay? That is not going to help you. In this moment, it ain't going to help you at all, okay? Um, so, but I'm going to tell you something. What happened on Mount Gilead, they had goats, and they were, they were black goats, and running down the hill. So I'm going to tell you what she's doing. He, Hebrew and Jewish women would wear their hair up in like one of those little things, like, Okay? So she has this veil over. She goes, she pops her pin out and goes, okay, you got it now, right? She's like, so he's like, boom, eyes, woo, okay. So the hair's coming down. And not like she's like, bang, no, like, like that. He, okay, everybody with me? You good? Okay, good. 
So what he's doing is this. He's starting at the top, and he's working his way down. Write that down too, man, all right? Starting at the top. Working, he sees her eyes, and he's like, oh, my gosh, your eyes are beautiful. And he says, your hair is awesome. And so she's undressing in front of him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, right? Okay, so, all right. It's here in the Bible. I'm not making any of this up. So then let's go to our next verse. Your, I love this. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn, coming from the washing. Each has its twin. Not one of them is alone. What he's saying is, guess what? Your breath smells good. Your teeth are white, and you got them all. Hallelujah. All right. Yeah. You don't have summer teeth? They're all there, right? Get it? Summer here, summer there. Okay. That's what she has. So, so what we've learned right now is this. She's, number one, not a hockey player, and she's not from Kentucky. All right? So, okay. Sorry. I'm sorry if you're from Kentucky. All right. So. Bad, Jack. Okay. All right. So, what, so, so that's where we are. Look what he continues to say. He says, Your lips are like scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Then he goes a little bit more. Your temples are right here on this side. Uh, Behind your veil are like the halves of pomegranates. They're red. He begins to see this. You see, he's closest to her. He's closer to her maybe than he's ever been before. And and this is the moment they've been waiting for. And then this kind of unusual thing you say like, what the heck's he doing here? He says, "Your your neck is like a tower of David built with courses of stone. On it hangs a thousand shields, all them shields of warriors. Now you ladies are right now saying, struck out, buddy. Okay? Um, but let me tell you about what this means. The Tower of David in that area was the most prominent, noble, respectful, honorable, um, what is the other word? Elegant thing that stood out. And so what he's saying, he's saying something about her. He's saying, man, you're standing out. You, you carry yourself. When you walk into a room, man, it's like, wow. You carry yourself as someone with, with just dignity and honor. And so I see it and I go, wow, you're amazing. You're an amazing person. And so the way she carries herself is like that Tower of David standing up above all things. And I want to say something to you here. You know, we have so many, and I'm going to say this as women, that have been spoken to and, 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 and brought down. And, and so you can tell when they come into a room or when they exist in life, they're just down and, and broken. And so what he's doing, and we know this woman herself started this whole thing by saying, I'm not anything. I've had to work out in the fields and my skin is, is dark and broken and cracked and just, I'm, there's nothing beautiful in me. And he says, oh, no, 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 you're beautiful. You're beautiful. I'm looking at your eyes and I'm looking at your hair, but most of all, you carry a dignity that nobody else can. So before touching her, he is telling her how beautiful and how incredibly honorable and elegant she is. What is he doing here? What we learn, first of all, is godly sex and intimacy is affirming. It's affirming. That's our first blank here. He's telling her how much you mean to me. And I want to tell you something Everyone, your words are powerful. Your words are extremely powerful. And I also want to share something. You ladies are awesome at never forgetting those words that we say. Like you can pull something 10 years ago and we go, huh? Yeah, you were wearing that ugly shirt. I'm like, what? 
you know, and you just know, you remember, am I right? Yes, they don't forget, so be careful what you say. It'll make it easy on you 20 years from now when you do wrong again. So you've got to go ahead and do it. So remember, you know, I heard somebody once say that, that when, when, as, when your wife gets uh, hysterical, she often gets historical along with it about things that go on and brings those things up. But what we need to do is the main thing is the Bible tells us that words are life and death. Words are life and death. And we need affirmation. Women and men, you need it too. You know, this macho thing says we can do it on our own, but you need affirmation as well. Put it down and know that, that you need it. Here's what happens. Women need affirmation of who they are, who you mean to me. They've done several studies on this and seen this time and time again. Who, who are you? Men, you need affirmation of what you do. Okay, you relate that. So we both have homework that we can do now, right? And I can tell you that if you really want to damage somebody, if you really want to damage a man, go ahead and criticize what he does. If you want to damage a woman beyond damage, criticize her body and who she is and break her like you've never broken somebody before. It hurts deep to people's soul when we do that. And guess what? The world and all of our relationships are full of this kind of stuff. And we need to stop. In Proverbs 25, 11, it says, A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. What in the world is he talking about? Apples of gold means that you're valuable. That word is valuable. You need to give value to people. And setting in, uh, in settings of silver means that you are beautiful. It's a beautiful picture, particularly in this day. One of the things that we need to embrace is speaking to people, not what you see in them, but speaking to people in who they can become in Christ. I could every week stand up here and say, you bunch of lousy, filthy dog sinners, get down on the altar now and beat you over the head with your sin because we've all done it this week. You know what you did. But I would rather tell you who you can be and who I can be in Christ. Because as I read the scripture, I am not what I do. I am whose I am. Anybody awake? All right, good. All right, so we need to go ahead. We need to do that and recognize there are people in your lives. There are relationships. It may be your spouse that for years they have been told something else who they are. And they need to hear whose they are and who they can become. In Christ, and you can change their lives. If you don't believe me, pick up the Gospels and see that Jesus did it to everyone. When the woman who was caught in adultery, I love that title because it takes two to tango. Amen? She wasn't alone by herself. There was somebody else there. Where was he? All right? So here she is. They're ready to stone her as the law says. Here's the law. Here's the rules. Here's this. Ready to do that. And Jesus comes and begins to write in the dirt. And then says, whoever has not sinned, pick up that rock and throw it. And it said, from the old ones to the younger ones, begin to go away. And Jesus said, hey, ain't nobody here to condemn you, so neither do I. Get up and stop doing the junk you've been doing. You see, for him, he told her who she could be. Not who everybody else said she was, right? Okay. That's for somebody here today, right? Just embrace that. If that's all you hear today. 
Jesus did that. So one of the coolest things you can ever do, we live in an awesome world where we don't have to call people all the time. It's cool if you do. But we live in the technological time that if you're sitting in a meeting and you're away, sometimes you may just want to write a text to your spouse and say, you know what, I'm in this meeting, but I'm thinking of you. All right? And if you want to really get some good points, give some public affirmation to somebody. Give some public af- affirmation to people. Sometimes, you know, like Melissa and I have been together forever, right? And one of the things is that we got to a point where we said, eh, we're kind of not going to do Valentine's Day. One of the things that I've kind of adapted to is I like to take my daughters out for Valentine's Day, you know? Um, we've done that the last couple of years, and it's fun and, and things like that. But we just haven't done that. But I love, I love to give her, like to just surprise her. I just always love to surprise Melissa. And, you know, whether it's, whether it's flowers, whether it's just a, a text, whether it's just coming home and saying, here I am, um, like that song, okay? Um, uh, <laughs> or, whether it's, um, or whether it's just like, you know, buy, buying her something or just saying something to her. Um, you know, I'm, I meant to bring it, I didn't. But, you know, like I, re- I remember, like we'll, we'll get into some of that in a little bit. But some of the stuff that, we, that I did when we were, we were dating because I wanted her to know how much I cared about her. You know what I mean? And sometimes, let's be honest, we kind of get off track there as we go more and more. I mean, come on. Like, I don't have five kids because I'm good looking, right? You know? I mean, it's got to take some creativity here. You know what I mean? Because she's an amazing woman. And so what I'm saying is surprise them. Give them public affirmation. I got to tell you, you know, she is the most incredible woman, and she's more than I deserve. More than I deserve. She's awesome. And that just got me some more points. So, all right. <laughs> but uh, it's true. It's true. I can say that. I'm not just saying it for a sermon illustration. She is awesome. And you don't know the struggles I went through in my life looking for that person. And God plopped her right there in her little cheerleader uniform while I was. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, and um, she was a cheerleader. It wasn't like some freaky thing. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> And then I was standing there. I almost warm today. I had these cowboy boots on, didn't I, honey? I had cowboy boots on and jeans, and Miguel's grossed out right now. Um, and, I had, and I had on a jacket, and I thought I was cool. And guess what? So did she. All right? So, all right. All right. <laughs> Sorry. What? I'm going to put them on today. I'm strutting around the house. You know I will. All right. So... All right, so here's what I'm saying. Just affirm somebody. Do it in public. Try that. You know, we, we publish enough Facebook and social media nonsense. How about you put on there, how come when we, have you noticed how come when we say something good about our spouse, somebody thinks somebody hijacked our social media? <laughs> and that's true. And that's sad. And we talk about everything else but the people we should. Enough negativity. Let's build them up. All right? Okay, enough of that. Okay, here we go. Next verse. Here we go. Your breasts are like two fawns. Remember, he's working his way down, all right? Your breasts are like two fawns, like two twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. All right, here we go. How many of you have ever been on a nature walk? Anybody, anybody ever seen, like, some deer, little, little deer, like, right? And you see them? I got gone to the turkey point, and God has a sense of humor because there was a whole bunch of deer in my yard this, this week, and they've not been there in forever. So you walk out, and... What do you do if you want to get a better look? You like, you don't go, hi, fawns, hi. You don't run up on the fawns. Guess what? They will run away from you. 
And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, oh, he's working his way down. He's like, oh, you're fawns. I like them. He's not going, fawns, come here, you know. So you're approached, man. It's in the word of God. All right. What is Solomon teaching us here? See, you, it's, it's a good, good, good verse, right? These men are like, I am taking notes. Okay. All right. I've seen men take notes like they never have before today. All right. Solomon's teaching us this, that godly sex and intimacy is tender. It's tender. She is not just an object to fulfill your needs. And we have needs. Men, responsiveness, and women, tenderness. Never do anything that cheapens her, is what Solomon's saying here. Don't cheapen her. As we see in the next verse, it says this. He continues, he says, until the day breaks, all night long, not just a quick and move on to the next. He said, until the shadows flee, I will go to the mountain of myrrh. Remember she said, the sachet of myrrh, all right, and to the hill of incense. Yep, that's where he's going. What is he doing here? He's being romantic. He's being romantic, man. And what we're talking about here is godly sex and intimacy is passionate. It's passionate. It's not boring. A lot of people say, well, if I follow God's way, it's going to be boring. Somewhere along the line, the greatest thing Satan has told us is that God is boring. And God is not boring. It's not what happens. The promise of Christ was this. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly and full. Guess what? Intimacy and sexuality is from God and it's part of life. And God wants you to have that abundantly and fully. It's not like he says, okay, I want you to have worship this way, but that sex thing, no. Surprise, Adam and Eve freaked me out there. No, that's not God. It's all part of God. And he wants that for you in an incredible, amazing way. You see, what I've learned in my life is passion takes effort. Passion takes effort. I have so many people that will come to me and say, guess what? We're just not in love anymore. Or they may say the grass is greener on the other side. Let me tell you where the grass is greener, where you water it. And you say, we're not in love anymore. And you, it's not going to be without any effort. And you say, well, I shouldn't have to. Yes, you should. And I'm going to tell you, I was thinking about this this week. When we were growing up in Northeast, one of the coolest things we had, and it was like a special occasion thing, we had a real fireplace. And you would chop wood. Anybody ever chop wood for a fireplace? Or you had to go purchase it. It's, you know, and the fire is awesome, right? When it comes to something about the warmth of that. And I like fires. We have a chimney outside. I like the fires there. But in the wintertime when you need the fires, sometimes you have to go out, you have to chop wood. Sometimes you have to go out and you have to sweep the snow off of it. Sometimes you have to put on coats. You pick it up. You have splinters all in your arms. You're going in, then you've got dirt everywhere that you've got to sweep up or vacuum, all to get this fire going. And it takes a lot. And then after you get all that done, you've got to go back out and do the same thing to keep the fire going. You don't just do it once and it continues on. Now we have those fireplaces that are built in, we go, and that may work with your fire, but I'm going to tell you it's not going to with your marriage. Your marriage, you can't just go, I want it on now, I want it off. No, it takes effort. It takes work. It takes ability. Sometimes you aren't going to feel so good about doing it, but if you want that fire to burn, oh, boy, you better keep feeding it here and there. Think about it. You worked hard when you were dating. 
I remember we would celebrate monthly anniversaries. She would get cards. She would get flowers, all these kind of things, right? Anybody remember doing this? When, gentlemen, when you are on the hunt, ain't nothing stopping you, am I right? You are like, boom, crosshairs. There you go. You will do it. Oh, you're always thinking about it, thinking about the phone. The phone rings. You go, oh, and now when the phone rings, you're like, what does she want, right? <laughs> Why? Because you need to feed the fire. Look at what Solomon says here. And I don't know, before we get on that, I want to tell you, guess what? Satan will offer you a counterfeit, and it will be easier. It'll be easier to have that fire for that moment. But if, like I said last week, if you get that fire out of its containment unit and you put it somewhere else, it will burn everything down. Look at what Solomon says here in verse 7. Oh, beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Now we know that she said, I do have flaws. Solomon's saying, not to me, you don't. Not, he, we need to know that this is in her mind. We know that's in her mind. But he does something that we need in all relationships. Need to value her and need to tell her and to say to her this. That you are the measuring stick for everybody else. You may think that you are flawed. You may think you are this. But you are who every other woman has to, to deal the standard with. Man, that's how you need to react to your wife. I want to tell you, you all are the standard to Melissa Cohen, and you're all going to fail. All of you are going to fail. She needs to know that, and I need to know that I am the standard. This is what it is for her, like it or not. All right? And you and your relationships need to know the same thing, that you are the standard, that there's nobody else. And here's what happens. We see so much stuff. We hear so much stuff in our lives that we begin to set other standards in our mind. And when we begin to look at that, we begin to attribute to our spouse something that they're never going to make because it's a warped sense of what God intended, that she's the standard and everybody else fails in comparison. And what are we talking about? Godly sex and intimacy is secure. It's secure. We need security. We need security in an amazing way. We need to know that we are valued. If you want to see how Satan is perverting this in amazing, horrific ways, look at the increasing, open, horrific stories of sexual abuse in our world. Some are from religious organizations. Some are from school systems. Some are from politicians and Hollywood, and you name it, in every walks of life. We have this evil that Satan has taken and warped. And we have seen people crushed and broken and devalued by that. So what I want to hear tell you is Jesus can heal those wounds. And I know people, uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about in our next series, we're going to talk about famous last words, and it's going to be the words of Christ. One of the first things he says is, Father, forgive them. I'm going to share with you some of the most powerful stories I've ever heard about forgiveness in my life from people who've experienced some of these exact same things. We need to make people secure in their lives. Everybody good? Right. You know, think about it. If you were married in your early 20s, that may be the best you're ever going to look. All right? Like, you know, the fawns may be a little bit different. <laughs> we all may have some stretch marks here and there. 
little poundage there, a little men, a little less hair, some more love handles, right? When I gain weight, I would say it's just I'm adding a wing to the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you know, sexual intimacy is the most vulnerable you can ever be in this world. And we need absolute trust. And that's why the second part of this, look what he says. He says, you have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes. Whoop, boom, I'm done. And one jewel of your necklace. How delightful is your love, my sister, my bride. What is he doing here? He's saying this. We said that it's secure. And here's the other thing. He is attentive. How do you know? Look at what he says in this verse. He says, how much... More pleasing is your love than wine and the fragrance of your perfume than any spice. What is he doing? Remember, she said this as our theme verse. He's now repeating, and she's saying, you, there's none like you. He said, no, 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 honey. There's none like you. He listened. Everybody get that? He listened. He listened to her, and he was attentive to what she said. He continues and says, your lips Drop sweetness as honeycomb, my bride. Milk and honey are underneath your tongue. What you have here is that first kiss right here with them. Before they were like this. Now they're like, like this. And guess what you see here? Under your tongue. It is a French kiss. 1900 years before France ever became a, a nation. So it's not a French kiss. It's a Hebrew kiss. Hallelujah. It's the word of God. I'm telling you the truth. I ain't making this up. You have an intimacy here. What you're seeing here, and I'm going to tell you right now, you have no more of the physical. Because that's their business. What you have here is God saying, they did this right. And you have an intimacy that some people never achieve because we buy into the rest of the world stuff. And remember I said, don't look back. Don't look back. Because we all, me included, have messed up along the way. Look at what he says here. He says, you are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with fruits, etc., etc." What he's saying is all this stuff. The best thing is you love me so much that you waited for me. That's special. So what is he saying here? He's saying that godly sex and intimacy is holy. You say, wait a second. Holy, isn't that the perfect people in stained glass? No, no. Let me share with you what holy is. Holy is not perfect people, but forgiven people. Rule two said don't look back, right? Because you can do nothing about what is in the past. Just like Jesus with that woman who was called in adultery, they could do nothing about where she was there. What he could do is say, go and change it. And so what Christ is telling us is to change it. And I would dare say, in much of our process, our relationships are broken because we're still trying to do it the way the world wants us to. Whether it's in our work relationships, whether it's in our intimate spousal relationships, it may not work because we're doing it the way everybody else does. And if you want something that everybody else has, do what everybody else does. If you want something different, do it God's way. You see, there is a holy process that's here. And the holy process is this for everything. God has a standard. It's here. And you can't do it. Neither can I. We can't make it. So you know what he did? 
He sent his son Jesus for us, who died for our violation of that standard. And here's two things that he did. He paid for the violation, and he cleanses us from all that badness. But you say, Jack, but I'm still doing the same old stuff that I did. That's why he gave us the Bible that illuminates our lives in the standard. And you say, but I'm still failing and doing this. So guess what he did? He sent his Holy Spirit to empower us to live the standard that none of us can live. Only he can give. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to share something with you. This is the gospel. The gospel is, God says, we can't, sends Jesus, he can, we still can't, gave us his word so that we could know, we still fail, he gives us the Holy Spirit so that we are forgiven and cleansed from all righteousness and all things are made new. If that doesn't excite you, guess what? I don't know what will. Go back to the fawns, I guess, I don't know. You see... I'm not going to give you a turn or burn message because that's not the gospel. That's a warped sense of it. Is there some truth in there? Oh, yeah. But Christ wants you to see who you can become as the church. And so many of this generation are broken. And I want to share with you one of the saddest things. Solomon messed it up. In the end of his life, Solomon messed it up. And you know how he did? He married other women, concubines, everything else, because he got his eyes off of God and what was important. And the end of his life ended sadder than most people in the Bible. I want you to live life well. You are a prize. You're a child of the king. You're a prince and a princess. So how do we close a message like this? Here we go, this verse right here. Be doers of the word, not hearers. No, no, I'm just joking. That's a funny verse, right? Get it? Doers of the word. What we've been talking about. Sorry. Okay. No. <laughs> Took you a while. Okay. You'll get it when you walk out. You'll be at Walmart like, oh, I get it. Okay. All right. The smatterings are starting to get it. All right. What I'm saying is this. Let God love you. Let God change your relationships, whatever they are. Let him make them deeper. Let him make them more important. And I want to tell you, I would love to love to see the day when this becomes the real verse from here in Song of Songs 4.15. He says, you are a garden fountain, a well flowing with streaming down from Lebanon. And she's had enough of his talking. And she says, awake. Awake north wind, which is a strong wind. And south wind, which is a gentle wind. Blow on my garden that its fragrance may spread everywhere. She's, remember, every week we'd be saying, wait, daughters, don't awaken love. She says, shut your mouth. It's time. And she says, let my beloved come into his garden because the two shall become one. And taste his choice fruits. Now, as I wrap this all up, here's what I really want to say. And Harry, you might be able to correct me on this, but I did some research on grapes. Remember she referred to her body as a vineyard? Remember that? And grapes need to ripen properly 
to have the better wine. If they're harvested too early, the wine will be too acidic. And so they actually need extra hanging time. I think what some of our relationships and some of the people who are in new relationships, you need a little extra hanging time. Oh, you can have wine, but it may be better. You can, what happens is the longer you let it ripen, the sweeter it gets. And you know what else? It has a pH balance. And when the pH balance is just right, it's a stable wine. God wants your relationships to be stable. It's easy to have relationships. It's easy to have sex. It's difficult to do it right. Have it stable and sweet. And that's God's plan for you. That you may have life and have it to the fullness and abundance. And that's my prayer for you. Amen? Everybody, let's stand up. Lord God, I just thank you for who you are. I think that anything in the scripture, there's something there for it. And I ask for forgiveness from your church, universal, that we've let the world and let Satan depict how relationships and marriages and life are supposed to be. So God, help us not to look back, not to look at others, what they need to do, but let us start with me. In every relationship we have, whether it be friendship or whether it be this intimate, loving family relationship, God, you need to ask us, whether it be parent and child, whatever it may be, am I following your plan for my life? And so God, where we haven't, where we've all failed you, we receive your forgiveness. But more importantly, God, we thank you for what's ahead. For eye has not seen and ear has not heard what the Father has prepared for those who love Him. God, help us to love you more than ever before. And for all in the sound of my voice who may be in the, in the middle of a broken relationship, God, bring your healing and your restoration. That what is gone is there. But God, let us stoke that fire once again of passion in that relationship so we can see what you have for us. For those who are beginning to get into a new relationship, God, help them know how valuable they are. Whether they've been crushed or broken by previous experiences, God, release them and surround them in your love and let them know who they are. God, we are your church and we just want to worship you. And what we learn in each avenue and each area of our life is we need you. We need less of me and more of you. Thank you for the relationship that you put in my mind. The good, the bad, the ugly. Because God, even if they're bad and ugly, if I'm looking at them only for what they are and for what I want them to be, I'm missing out on the point of the gospel of who they can be in you. So forgive me for my stubbornness and for my selfishness and release me to be free that I may put on the nature of Christ Jesus himself and spread the gospel in this world. So God, this time is yours. Do with it what you will. And I pray that in the sound of my voice right now, relationships are being strengthened and reunited by the power of Jesus Christ. For that we give you praise in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen.
awesome that, uh, like I said, said um, they know what I'm going to speak about, but don't know what I'm going to speak about. And just to see the Holy Spirit move, like that verse, verse 2, and where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what we just ended this with? Holiness is Christ in me. So I want you to have an awesome week, a freeing week in Christ, and a holy week in Christ. And next week, we celebrated their love and intimacy. Next week, they're going to have their first fight hitting below the belt. So we're going to talk about how to do that as well. So come back next week, and we will get ready to rumble. Have a great week. God bless.